What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 55 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, we kind of have a short episode today. Not too much news to talk about. There wasn't anything majorly, majorly broke, or you know, I guess you could say breaking, that happened in the world of football, baseball, basketball, whatever you might have it. Obviously, we'll begin today's episode talking about some college football news, move on to some NFL, and then finish the episode talking about one, I guess you could say, notable topic that did happen in the MLB world. But anyway, guys, before we do start today's episode, I do want to ask y'all to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. And link will always be down in the description below. So let's get into today's episode. Now, before we officially do get into today's episode, I do want to ask y'all, how was y'all's week? School is finally out for pretty much every kid in the country. I know for me, I just got out of my junior year of high school, so... It's going to be good to have some time to relax, focus a little bit more on the podcast and sports or whatever you might have it, and just to, you know, have some summer fun. So let me know kind of y'all's plans for the summer and y'all's summer's break, or, you know, if y'all are still working, how was work, you know, did y'all accomplish what y'all wanted to accomplish? But anyway, guys, I hope you had a great week, and let's get right into today's episode. So let's get into some college football news, and we actually do have a couple of high school commitments, and we have one transfer portal news, but before we do get into that transfer portal news, let's talk about some high school recruitment news. Now, our first news will be regarding four-star wide receiver Rodney Gallagher, who is out of West Pennsylvania. Now, a lot of West Pennsylvania kids, they normally end up committing to schools like Pitt or Penn State, you know, in-state schools, but actually, Rodney decided to do the complete opposite. Now, Rodney, he is ranked as the number 105th player in the class of 2023, and he actually narrowed his decision down to four schools, which these four schools were West Virginia, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech. Now, a lot of scouts and people that were kind of analyzing Rodney, specifically 24-7 sports and rivals, they kind of thought that he would kind of transition more to Pitt or Penn State, considering those are his in-state schools. But actually, Rodney, he decided to do the complete opposite and go to a rival of those two schools, and he actually committed to Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, statistically, West Virginia, they do have the best passing offense in the Big 12, and it will also allow Rodney to excel at the slot position when he does go to West Virginia as he is a six foot, 180-pound junior currently in high school. So obviously, he'll probably put a little bit more weight on his frame, but I think he'll absolutely shine in Neil Brown's offense for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, the next commitment we do have, and this is regarding four-star running back Roderick Robinson II out of San Diego, California, most specifically Lincoln High School. Now, Roderick, his final schools that he included were Arizona, Auburn, California, Oregon, and Tennessee. Now, his, I guess, latest official visit was to UCLA, which was about two weeks ago, and eventually then that's when he decided to shut down his recruitment 
and you're probably wondering, okay, so he did end up committing to U UCLA, and you're absolutely right. Roderick did announce on Wednesday that he would be committing to UCLA. Now, in an interview with 24-7 Sports, Roderick was actually quoted saying, I loved it there and immediately felt like they could not that could be the move for me. I had a great talk with not just Coach Foster, but Chip Kelly too. I met Zach Charbonnet, who's currently UCLA's running back one, and he's a great back, and that's actually who Coach Kelly said I remind him of. So obviously UCLA really wanted him bad, and they definitely made him kind of feel that at-home atmosphere, and that ultimately led Roderick to commit to UCLA. Now, what is, now another huge reason I guess you could probably say why he committed to UCLA Zach Charbonnet who will probably leave for the NFL after this year so Roger could possibly get up into that running back two, possibly running back one position once Zach is gone now Zach is a former Michigan transfer who committed to UCLA I think this past season so you know, very talented kid. But anyway, Roderick would also go on to say about Coach Kelly, quote, he said he had a lot of success everywhere he has been with big backs, and UCLA is one of those schools that definitely runs the ball really well. It's an offense that features a power run game, and I know I can fit in really well with what they want to do, end quote. So it definitely looks like Roderick is super excited to get to work with Chip Kelly and UCLA, and definitely expect UCLA maybe to gain a little bit more traction probably around a lot of kids that did want to go to USC but ultimately would you know stay in LA just at a different LA school now don't get me wrong UCLA is still an amazing school they're still they definitely could be a great college football school but you got to remember they're not going to get the same type of kids that USC does simply because they're not far away from each other and obviously USC is a lot more appealing than UCLA but UCLA they still do have that money because they are in sunny sunny southern California and they're also in the L.A. area, so watch out maybe for, you know, cough, cough, NIL deals possibly to get put on the table for a lot of these kids. But anyway, guys, for our final high school commitment, and this will actually be regarding Deion Sanders and Jackson State, but the player that this will be regarded around is four-star wide receiver Isaiah Kendall. Now, Isaiah Kendall, he is ranked as the second player in Arkansas and the 269th ranked player in the class of 2023. So very highly touted kid. He, he comes out of Newport, Arkansas, and has a very huge frame at 6'4", 175 pounds. Probably could put on a little bit more weight, but the fact that he is 6'4 is very appealing to probably a lot of college scouts. But actually... Isaiah announced his commitment on Thursday, and he announced that he would be joining Deion Sanders and the Jackson State Tigers. So another huge wide receiver get for the Jackson State Tigers. As hopefully this will gain some traction for the 2023 classes. They only have one commitment right now, which is Robert Lockhart III, a three-star wide receiver out of Fairburn, Georgia, which is still a great pickup. Now they will be adding another highly touted wide receiver recruit you know, most notably the highest, one of the higher ranked kids in Arkansas. So huge get for Dion. I mean, they had an historic 2022 class. Obviously, the most notable recruit was former Florida State commit Travis Hunter, who was ranked as the number one player in the whole country, number one in his position, and number one in the state of Georgia. Now, people didn't know if he would play wide receiver or corner in college. But now he actually made the transition to corner, probably because Deion Sanders is his head coach. And Deion is known as arguably one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. So just continue to watch Jackson State make a lot of huge, and I mean huge, commitments come these next couple of years. Probably if Deion stays with Jackson State, they're only going to continue to get better and better and better. And it's going to be really hard to continue to count out 
what Deion Sanders is doing for Jackson State and the whole HBCU level of college football. But really, Deion made his money when it came to the transfer portal as he went out and got former four-star recruit Anthony Doyle, an edge rusher out of Texas A&M. Went out and also got True Thompson, a former defensive lineman at Florida State. Also went out and got Kevion Mullins, a tight end at South Carolina. Also went out and got another edge out of Florida State, Josh Griffiths. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, he went out and targeted the offensive side of the ball and also targeted the defensive side of the ball, whether it was via commitments and high, through high school or JUCO or it was the transfer portal. Deion Sanders is going to probably continue to dominate and will end up getting a Division One Power 5 job come, you know, maybe Florida State decides to move on from Mike Norvell, as I know things have not gone the way they've wanted it to. But, I mean, it's just I'm so glad to finally see a lot of these smaller Division One schools getting a lot more recognition because it's just insane to think the turnaround that Jackson State had. I mean, they pretty much were a nobody school for the longest time, and now they're being regarded as one of the nation's best recruiting schools, which is obviously pretty much only due in part to Deion Sanders. But, I mean, once again, you still have to be able to convince these kids, hey, we're going to still be able to win, and I'm going to be able to get you to the pro level despite you playing at the FCS ranks and at an HBCU. Nothing wrong with playing at HBCU. We've seen plenty of you know, NFL legends, most specifically Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, you know, all those guys. They went and played at you know HBCU colleges, most specifically Walter Payton, Walter Walter Payton, the the um, legendary Chicago Bears running back, he played his college ball at Jackson State. So Travis Hunter is trying to follow in those same footsteps, and that's exactly what Deion Sanders wants for these kids. So I absolutely love the message that Deion Sanders is bringing and just expect to continue to see a lot of these four-star recruits, possibly even five-stars, continue to commit to Jackson State. But, guys, that is it for the high school side of today's college football segment and let's get into our loan transfer portal news and this news is regarding Iowa wide receiver Charlie Jones now Charlie Jones he just got off of a season where he recorded 21 catches for 323 yards and was tied for a team best three touchdowns in the 2021 season he was also named Big Ten Conference Returner of the Year and also did receive all Big Ten honors back in 2020 during the COVID season so he did have a very prolific Iowa career mostly due in fact to special teams and a little bit as a receiver. But anyway, Charlie did announce that he will be entering the NCAA transfer portal. Now, he will be entering the transfer portal with only one year of eligibility left, which will be his COVID year, as he will use that waiver that every player in the country was given. So, a huge returner. He'll probably, I think, I've heard a lot of people expecting him maybe to target Notre Dame. I would not really be shocked at all. I mean, he would be really good for Notre Dame on special team side of the ball, as they already have a decent amount of wide receivers. But obviously, every team can improve on special teams, and I think that would be a great pickup for whatever school does land him. So, anyways, guys, that is it for today's college football news. There really hasn't been too much news that has gone on, at least here lately in college football. Probably due in fact that spring ball's over. There's not a lot of kids transferring out yet. A lot of the big name transfers have already transferred to their final schools. And we're kind of just waiting for for fall camp and you know summer workouts to start so we can really, really, and I mean really see what teams are looking really solid and what teams are kind of falling behind. But anyway, guys, let's transition over to today's NFL news. In the first news of our NFL segment, I do want to talk about former San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Now, Colin Kaepernick, he really made his name during the 2012 Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens where he absolutely exploded onto the scene after 
former San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback Alex Smith went down with the injury, and he ended up taking his spot pretty much for the rest of his career, obviously. The 49ers would eventually trade Alex Smith to the Chiefs, and that kind of solidified Colin Kaepernick as a starter going forward for the 49ers. Things didn't really work towards Colin Kaepernick's way towards the end of his career. Most notably, he did kind of start the kneeling during the um, oh, I can't even talk kneeling during the anthem movement. Which, like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm never gonna get political in here. But just so y'all know who Colin Kaepernick is, he's kind of known as the one that was responsible for all that. And it's not like responsible like a crime, but he is I guess you could say the creator of doing it. But anyway, guys, once Colin Kaepernick was cut from the 49ers, I think back in 2016, no team had signed him, and he's been out of football since then. Hadn't has not got a job in any you know side league you know most notably like the AAF or you know the XFL any of those leagues no leagues have taken him and a lot and a lot of people were thinking he was being blackballed by the NFL and all these leagues due to him kneeing during the anthem which I don't think was that at all he simply was getting older and seemed to be regressing in his play and no teams are going to want to sign him to million dollar deals if he was just going to end up being a bench warmer and not even a reliable backup at that so that's why he ultimately did not see his way back into the league but it actually seems like he might be finding a way back into the league as the Las Vegas Raiders and Colin Kaepernick announced on Wednesday that he would be working out for him. His workout had actually apparently went very well according to multiple Raiders sources. So could we possibly see Colin Kaepernick become the backup for the Las Vegas Raiders? It could be an actual, you know, situation. I mean, they did go out and trade for Jarrett Stidham, the former New England Patriots quarterback. But Marcus Mariota, who was their solidified backup, he left for the Atlanta job. And it kind of did leave a big hole there. Do I think they should do it? And are they doing it for the right? I mean, I think they should do it simply for, hey, you know what? What's the worst that happens? He becomes a decent backup. We all know Colin Kaepernick will never be a starter in the NFL. That's just, it, it will never happen. He's gotten older. A lot of teams are going to want to go younger. He probably has regressed a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. And his and at best case scenario for him will be as you know, a backup in the NFL. He's made his money doing other things, endorsements, whatever it might be. But also at the same time, when you look at the other side of this argument, is Las Vegas signing him for the right reasons? Are they signing him due to the fact that, hey, we need a backup? Or are they doing it to replenish their whole narrative due to the whole John Gruden situation, Henry Ruggs situations, Damon Arnett situation, Nate Hobbs situation? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So it kind of is... It's kind of a weird topic because at the same time, it, w it would be kind of interesting to see if Colin Kaepernick still has it because don't get me wrong, I loved watching him back in 2012, 2013, and even 2014 because he was a very dominant quarterback in the league. The only thing is he regressed like crazy once he got a little bit older. So I'm wondering if he still is playing at that level or he is playing at the peak of his career, which we'll never find out unless Las Vegas does sign him. But anyway, I figured that I would let y'all know that, yeah, Colin Kaepernick and the Las Vegas Raiders kind of seem to want to sign a deal and maybe him become the backup for the Raiders, which would be kind of cool. I mean, I don't say don't give him a second shot, but don't don't go into this expecting to be a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Now the next news we have and it is regarding Indianapolis Colts star cornerback Kenny Moore. Now Kenny Moore is most notably and arguably the best slot corner in the whole league which he's pretty much proven that in back-to-back -back years 2020 and 2021 and it has been reported that Kenny Moore he is not participating in the Colts OTAs due to unhappiness with his current contract situation so he's kind of doing what stars Debo Samuel and Kyler Murray are doing with their respective teams where 
they're withholding out of OTAs until they get the payday that they want and they deserve. I don't blame Debo Samuel. He got off an all-pro, Pro Bowl year where he proved that, hey, I have a lot more worth to this team than y'all think, and I want to get paid. Kyler Murray is kind of a throw-up case where the Cardinals don't have a better replacement for him, but also at the same time, they're not going to sign a dude to some huge $200 million deal if he's not going to be able to get out of the wild card game every year. And the one season that he did make the playoffs absolutely looked horrid through two to three picks and just didn't seem to be, you know, I guess you could say solid in the pocket. So, but anyway, Kenny Moore joins another long list of guys that are currently unhappy with their contracts and are withholding from team OTAs, which it's not the end of the world. I don't think it's childish. I mean, obviously they want to get paid and they deserve to get paid like the all-stars that they are. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been looking for, and for a decent amount of time, a new GM after current GM. Kevin Colbert announced that he would retire after this year. So, finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers did find their replacement in their very own pres president of football and business administration, Omar Khan. Now, Omar Khan, he's been with the Steelers in a variety of capacities for the team the past 21 years. And, obviously, his most recent role with the team was being their vice president of football and business administration. So... I mean, hey, I don't think this is a really bad signing. Obviously, he's already built up relationships within the organization, and they're you know, kind of doing what the Cowboys do, where they like to keep people in the organization that they already have built relationships with, and this is exactly what Art Rooney is doing by getting Omar Khan to become their next GM. So and I don't think this is a bad hiring at all. Omar probably has a lot of potential and has kind of seen what the owners want in the Steelers, and he's going to absolutely transition that to making signings and drafting and everything like that. So, in my opinion, it's a great hire for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the next news we have, and this isn't really any, like, signings or anything, kind of like, you know, hirings or whatever you might have it, but it's actually some rumors currently going around the league. Now, the first news slash rumor we have is regarding the San Francisco 49ers and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, both of these sides have kind of been working on a trade, but at the same time, they're like, well... If Trey Lance doesn't work out the way we want him to, we at least want to have a backup option to fall to, and that obviously would be Jimmy Garoppolo. The only problem is Jimmy Garoppolo is probably way too expensive of a backup option because he's getting paid 20-something million a year, which which is yikes for a lot of teams. And a lot of teams probably aren't going to trade for him due to the fact that, hey, I don't want to take on a huge contract because San Francisco, they're not going to want to pay his contract. It's like with Baker Mayfield. The Browns don't want to pay his contract. But no other team is going to pay it anyway. So, but anyway, besides the fact, the San Francisco 49ers, their current head coach, Kyle Shanahan, you know, who's had a lot of success with the team these past couple years, he said that he still expects Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded, but also is quoted saying that nothing is guaranteed. So, it seems like throughout the whole organization, the, expect, the expectation is that Jimmy Garoppolo will be leaving the team. We just don't know when or how it will happen because he still expects him to be gone, which is already kind of a was like, well, damn, what am I even doing here? Like the coach, the coach is already expecting me to be gone. So if I show up, what is he going to expect? Oh, well, you can just do this and that. But Trey Lance, he's going to be doing all the, you know, all the drills, everything that we need him to do. He's going to be running first team reps and so have it. But anyway, we we all knew when they drafted Trey Lance last year with the third overall pick, that was going to be their future at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo knew it. Everyone, every San Francisco fan knew it. The whole NFL knew it. The only thing is we just don't know when Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded because Jimmy G, he's not a bad quarterback. Yes, he has a lot of inconsistencies, but 
if he could have a lot, like a way cheaper contract, I think a lot of teams would absolutely jump at the bit to get him because, once again, he's been proven to be a solid backup, especially with his time in New England whenever Tom Brady, I think, was suspended due to the whole inflate gate thing. But anyway, the next news we have is actually regarding the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Carolina Panthers... They've been trying to address the quarterback position for years now, especially after Cam Newton regressed and obviously left and then came back, and then that whole experiment was kind of weird. You know, they haven't been able to find a solid quarterback. They went out and got Sam Darnold from the Jets. That has not worked out really well. Sam Darnold still looks like the same Sam Darnold with the Jets. Uh, P.J. Walker, who's been a little bit more consistent than the other quarterbacks, obviously he's not going to be a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. He's more of a backup type, but he's still good. Anyway, the Carolina Panthers... They kind of have already said that they are open to bringing back longtime quarterback Cam Newton, but there's two conditions that he has to be okay with or they will not resign him at all. He First, he needs to be okay with a way smaller salary, so we're talking probably one to two, three million possibly at the most, you know, the average backup salary. And also, he needs to be okay with the fact that he will not be going into camp as the guaranteed starter, which is which obviously should be without a doubt because they kind of look at Matt Corral as their possible replacement going forward. Even though he was a third-round pick, they were probably super stoked at the fact that he did fall to the third-round pick and they were able to get him at a way cheaper price tag. And worst comes to worst, it's a win-win situation. You win because, hey, you're not having to pay him a lot and you're just starting quarterback. Or it's a win because, hey, we can get rid of him and it won't cost us really anything at all because, he once again, he was a third-round pick. But anyway, the Carolina Panthers, we could possibly see them re-signing Cam Newton, but he probably will be their backup. And it doesn't really shock me. Cam Newton, as he's gotten older, obviously the agility's not there, the athleticism. It's still kind of there, but it's not the same that we got so used to seeing during his MVP season back in 2015. But... Cam could possibly still stay in Carolina and possibly mentor Matt Corral for the Panthers as he is looking to be their future quarterback. Anyway, guys, that is it for today's NFL news and college football news. And finally, let's talk about some MLB news. Now, the first MLB news that I do want to talk about is regarding three-time All-Star infielder Matt Carpenter. Now, Matt Carpenter, after spending what it seemed like 400 years with the St. Louis Cardinals, they officially did release him. He signed with the Texas Rangers on a minor league deal he did pretty decent the first couple games of the season and then the Rangers ended up DFAing him and then finally he found a new team and this new team will be the New York Yankees as the Yankees are signing three-time all-star infielder Matt Carpenter to a major league deal the first thing that I thought about when I heard that they were signing him is there an injury we don't know about yet is there possibly a reason why they are going after him? Maybe it's just for depth reasons. I don't really know, but it already felt like the you know the Yankees did have a decent depth bench, if you want to say, for the infield. But, I mean, what worse comes to worse, you get a hidden gem out of Matt Carpenter, and obviously he'll be on a very cheap deal. So, in my opinion, a very great signing for the New York Yankees. Now, finally, I do want to talk about the whole Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson situation. Now, if you're wondering what the situation was, I'll kind of give you a brief recap of it. Chicago White Sox were up in the Bronx. I think it was a three-game series going up against the Yankees. And Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, they've kind of been going at it this year, whether it was just some little cheap plays or what or whatever he might have it. But in a post-game conference, Tim Anderson went on to say that Josh Donaldson was using some a racist was using a racist term to Tim Anderson. We were all wondering what was he calling him, what was so disrespectful and unnecessary that he, you know, was pretty much trying to bring national attention to it. 
apparently Josh Donaldson had called um, Tim Anderson Jackie Robinson, which in case you know who Jackie Robinson is, he's a Hall of Famer. He pretty much, he literally is known as the greatest baseball hero and even sports hero of all time as he broke the color barrier in baseball because baseball, if you don't remember, was predominantly white throughout the early 40s and all of that, you know what I mean? And then Jackie Robinson completely shattered that. I mean, that's why he's known as a true American hero. Now, the thing is with this whole situation, it wasn't using a racist term or any type of, in, like, any ill-meant way at all. Jackie Robinson, who actually had even called himself the next Jackie Robinson in an interview with Sports Illustrated a while back. I think it was back in 2019. He referenced himself and said that he was Jackie Robinson. Now, obviously, I don't think Josh Donaldson probably should do that simply for the fact that it, it obviously would be taken the wrong way, which in this case, it absolutely was. But I don't think at the same time, this shouldn't, he, this shouldn't have even been a discussion if this was racist or not. Obviously, it was not meant in any offensive way. I mean, I didn't think being called Jackie Robinson would really be offensive because Jackie Robinson is one of the greatest baseball players of all times on and off the field. But nothing less, the MLB had to do something. They actually suspended Josh Donaldson one game for his inappropriate comments to Tim Anderson, which happened last weekend. You can take the situation how you want. Like I said, I'm not trying to spread any of this stuff. I just want to make sure that y'all are informed of these type of situations. In my opinion, I don't think this was meant in any type of racist way. I can understand from Tim Anderson's kind of, Tim Anderson's, I guess you could say, side of this where he would be taking it like that. But we all know this was not meant to be racist. When you call yourself Jackie Robinson and he calls you Jackie, that's simply for the fact that you said you were the next Jackie Robinson. I don't know why we're having to discuss this or even try and figure out what Josh Donaldson meant. We all knew what Josh Donaldson meant. You called yourself Jackie. He was mimicking you by calling you Jackie, which you literally called yourself in an interview with Sports Illustrated two years ago. Not really hard concept to grasp, considering the fact that Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson were both in the AL Central back when Josh Donaldson was playing for the Minnesota Twins a year ago. So, just a, just a really like head scratching situation. I mean, MLB didn't need to suspend anyone. This was this was something that could be completely avoided off the field and just hey, look, don't do this anymore. Okay, we're not going to suspend you, but you need to watch it. If you do it again, then we'll suspend you. Obviously, you know, yada yada yada. Tim Anderson, he's been really chippy at a lot of players here recently. Obviously, it's just one of those things where it's just the the heat of the game. Sometimes we let our gums, you know, get a little bit loose. But this time, I don't think there was any racism meant in this. Now, obviously, I know racism is a huge problem in our world, and it needs to be stopped. But being called Jackie Robinson is not offensive. Now, obviously, if it was, if it was an if you could tell in the tone of his voice that it was meant to be offensive, then yeah, that's when it becomes really offensive. But being called Jackie Robinson, and I mean, I know it's not like a broken record, but it just, it astonishes me the fact that someone finds it offensive being called Jackie Robinson, who is known as the one of the greatest athletes in American history. Anyway, I'm not going to continue to talk about it, but guys, I hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I know that I enjoyed making it for y'all. Once again, before y'all do leave, if y'all really are feeling generous and want to really help the podcast a little bit more on anchor.com, there's you're able to be you're able to become a monthly supporter, which is just 4.99 a month, but it allows me to be able to eventually give y'all exclusive perks 
and it allows me to better the pot the better the quality of the podcast which i look forward to definitely doing because once again y'all are the greatest supporters anyone could have and i'm super thankful for y'all for just even being able to listen drop a like or even follow but anyway guys i hope y'all have an amazing friday i hope y'all have an amazing weekend and i will see y'all back here on monday peace